Oh, Dave, you look like you need a kip, old son. I do, I always do. Oh, you're not getting enough sleep. What you need, Ol, is a natural mat mattress. And what we'd like to talk about this time is Natural Mat Mattresses Mattress for Life initiative. Oh, what is that? It's easy for you to say that's what it is, right. Dave. Now look, look, Natural Mat make mattresses for life. And they mean it because they don't want their mattresses ending up in landfill, like five million mattresses in the UK do every year uh, these mattresses are made from natural biodegradable or recyclable materials and they're specially designed so that when you're done with them they can be broken down into their tiddly little bits and used again so when your natural mat mattress reaches the end of its life in about 10 years time that's a lot of sleeping Dave uh, you could do three things you can either refurbish it you can recycle it or indeed you can donate it to people who need it more than you do all via natural mat and they're the only company in the UK who do that stuff Fantastic stuff, Ol. Well, we will not be down about that, and that'll put a spring in our step as we look forward to lying down in autumn. Yes? Very good, Dave. So go to naturalmat.co.uk to check it out. And if you use the code BABBLE15, both online and in the showrooms, then you will get 15% off their natural mat beds, mattresses, toppers, and indeed bedding. Welcome to Sustainable 263. Welcome yourself all to Sustainable 263, a number so large you almost couldn't say it. How the devil are you, old bean? Tip, tippity top, top, tipping, tipping, tipping over the top, topping the tip. And How where are the you? bloody hell have you been? Well, Dave, I've been away, not as away as you've been. I've been away. Um, and as ever, by being away things have been allowed to go wrong and we're sorry it is a truth universally clearly acknowledged <laughs> that whenever the babble goes away shit goes tits up and that's what's happened here we are sustainable we are your friendly little weekly environment podcast in we all yes all about people and the planet and why if you take your eyes off these bastards for one minute they will set fire to things yes yes and what has been fire set since we've been away then all um well, sort of everything. Certainly the economy here yes. in the UK. Mm -hmm. um, that's been quite interesting. Mm. Uh, yes, a lot of thing has a lot of things have kind of been on fire, and with particular relevance to this podcast, most of the planet has been set on fire, kind of deliberately. So we're going to talk about that a bit. Uh, yes, we are going to talk about that. Now, we shan't get into it now, although we're very cross and we're sorry again. We're just going to be repeatedly saying sorry for going away. We, we promise never to ever, ever leave you. Um, just before we get started on this week's Sustainable, the usual disclaimers. We do work for environmental charities, don't we all? Yes. But these are very much our own views of anything that we say makes you come over all apologetic and angry can you be apologetic and angry? Well, we'll see, won't we? Um, uh, yeah, I've definitely been apologetic and angry. Look, I'm sorry, 
but your bastards would have exactly, that happened. Exactly. It's the sort of non-apology anger. It's like, well, yeah. I'm sorry. You don't sound very sorry. You sound cross. Well, sound unsorry at all and I are not for anyone who employs us. Yes? Yes. And we are a listener-supported podcast. Thank you so much to the legendary Patreon supporters who give your kind dosh to help us keep this show on the road. You can join them. You can go to wobblywobblywobbly.patreon.com slash sustainable, where for the price of a pint or a cup of tea, you can help keep Ol and Dave chipper. Yes? Yes, we love you, patrons. Thank you for being you, for being marvellous, for being generous and all-round good humans. Now, other good humans are the excellent people at UpCircle, and we are going to be running an advert for them later in the episode. UpCircle are a beauty brand that use all upcircled, upcycled products, and they're all excellent and wonderful and lovely. Look, we know adverts are annoying, so we're going to stop now, but we're going to do one later, and it's going to be great. Listen to it then. Thank you, UpCircle. Right, on with it. On with it. Thing Dave can't decide if it is good or not. Now, this is a section where we interrogate the inner workings of Dave's brain, indeed his soul, the pit of his soul. Because last week... Not last week. Last week he was God knows where. But uh, the last time we did this, uh, we talked about Liz Truss. We explained mm. what a Liz Truss was yeah. and we tried to work out whether she was a good or a bad thing. And I said she was going to be, I think my precise words were, a f***ing catastrophe. And you basically spent 45 <laughs> minutes trying to talk me down and sort of persuaded me in fairness. But your whole, <laughs> your whole gist was that she was kind of David Attenborough in a Tory suit. You you, you described her, I think, but, as the second coming uh, in, in environmental terms. Greta Thunberg on acid, I think, is what you called her. Something like that. You basically said she was great. You said there was nothing that she could do that would actually affect anything, so therefore she's great. The listeners are not going to be fooled by this awful revisionism because what that's, to that's us, basically what the listeners said. If you look at our Twitter feed, that is basically well, how we they get, interpreted your yeah, review of Liz Truss. We did get complaints, didn't we? Um, now look, go back and listen to the last episode of Sustainable Babble, which in Babble time is instantaneous. In all time is about a month ago, so he's forgotten everything that I said. What I said was, no politician is capable of making enough of a dent in and of themselves, that the entire planet is ruined where suddenly it wasn't ruined before. That's what I said. And all the people who were saying, Liz Truss is in power, right, that's it, that's the planet set on fire, were both overstating Britain's importance in the scheme of things and also probably overstating her intention to set the planet on fire in the scheme of things. Now, I concede I was wrong. (laughs) But... That's a babble first. Certainly, <laughs> certainly that's straightforward of an admission. But I didn't realise just... I didn't realise what a tit she is, did I? <laughs> I just thought I didn't know, because I wasn't making it up when I said I hadn't really been paying attention and I'd never heard her speak. I genuinely well, wasn't her speak making now. it up. <laughs> oh, yeah. I will not allow the anti-growth coalition to hold us back. Labour, the Lib Dems, the SNP, the militant unions, the vested interests dressed up as think tanks, the talking heads, the Brexit deniers, 
Extinction Rebellion and some of the people we had in the hall earlier. The woman is off her rocker roll. She is off her rocker. Why the hell did we vote her in? Oh, no, wait. Oh, we no, didn't. wait. We didn't. As we didn't. the rather marvellous people at Greenpeace pointed out, or rather posed the question, who Whom? voted for this? Well, we know who voted for this. About hundred, well, about 80,000 old white men in the south of England voted for this. Yeah. And that yeah. apparently is enough to govern a country of nearly 70 million. Um, well, govern, govern is a fairly strong, a strong word, word for what's, yeah. what's been happening. Go- uh, yes, exactly. I governed the toilet after I'd had a poo in it earlier on. <laughs> I've been governing the babble in an extremely competent and ideological way. Yeah, look, yes. uh, no one did vote for this. And, you know, we are not. The babble is not a political analysis podcast. You should know no, that by not. now. Yes. Um, but clearly a lot of people have been pointing out that she is politically in a bit of a pickle, what with not having any mandate, not having anyone sitting around who can say, oh, look, here are millions of people who voted for her. Uh, there's not even a man of, you know, she's doing all these things, which we will get onto the detail of a bit, but she's doing all these things which are completely contrary to the manifesto that her party was elected on three years ago. So, Hang on a minute, we're playing the old compares the parliamentary manifesto to the reality of political shenanigans music. Uh, yeah, but yeah, oh, come on. It does. It has some importance, doesn't it? I think you'll find that actually you never quite promised you would do that. I suppose in clause number nine of your manifesto you might have hinted at it, but all the other things are completely irrelevant. Who cares? I don't care whether it was promised or not. I just care that, like, I don't... Governments never do what they say they're going to do anyway, do they? They just get on and no, do things. No, that's, that's true, but it does... It does Evolve, I suppose, would be the um, like the Serena Williams way of looking at it, wouldn't it? It doesn't retire; it evolves. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yes, if if you've got an, a manifesto which, for instance, says there is absolutely no way we're going to do any fracking unless right. like the science comprehensively changes and says comprehensively that fracking is completely one hundred percent safe. Has it said that? No. Right. Well, then it's a bit odd to suddenly be like we're going to frack. Uh, we're going to frack in a big way. So I think manifestos, you know, on the big stuff, I think they do matter. Oh. <laughs> now, got it in one hundred. <laughs> Minister, it takes time to do things now. <laughs> <laughs> right, so, OK. What's she done then? What's she done? What's she been up to then, Liz and her ilk? What's she been, what's she been doing? Now, look, I have been away... I have been away. Yes, yeah, so we're going to talk um, about that. How do you feel yeah. about jumping in an aeroplane? I didn't a, jump in it. I sat in it. In a, in a climate crisis. I think it's highly irresponsible. <sighs> look. Look. Shut up and listen. Couldn't get a boat, see? You? Do you see why it's all right? It's fine, right? So there's that. But I was in America. God, I have... Every because... fibre of your being... <laughs> is trying not to rise to this, and I'm not sure it's going to be enough. I haven't been on a plane for a very, very long time. Shut oh, yeah, up. the polar bears will... It so. was a honeymoon, you unromantic <laughs> bastard. You t- I'll get Mrs. Dave in here, and you tell her why we weren't allowed to have gone on that honeymoon we went on. Is Go the... on. No. I'll get... Mrs. It's, Dave? If you're, if you're both fine with it, then I'm fine with it. How's that tumble dryer coming on? Good, actually. Um, yes, yeah, we're back into tumble dryer season after a sort of four to five month hiatus. So um, hmm. you mean you keep shitting yourself? <laughs> no. 
no, look, obviously I don't mean that. You are, if anyone deserves a trip to another place. A little treat. A little treat for a honeymoon. A little treat. Well, it's I was in... Mrs. Dave. I'm not sure it's you, but, you know. <laughs> Mrs. Dave was in America and I accompanied her. And <laughs> yeah. while we were in America, we were genuinely not paying any attention, A, to all, B, to Good. the babble, and C, definitely to, like, politics and stuff. So it came as some surprise to realise that the entire economy, while we were there, had been stiffed. Well, were you checking your bank balance? Because I'd well, imagine each time you spent yes. money in America... <laughs> was... You see, there was there was that, <laughs> because things started to get very, very expensive. Mm. So we were there for two weeks. For the first week, Liz Truss hadn't wrecked the economy. For the second week, she very much had. And by the end, it was genuinely one-to-one, the pound and the dollar. So it was like you would just... It, it had the beautiful convenience of meaning you didn't have to translate currencies, nice. which was good but it the the significant downside of it being 12 pound a pint wherever you went mm. um so there was that and it began to dawn on me that maybe things weren't going swimmingly in blighty no i think that's i think that's how quite a few people feel about it mm. um yes it's been an interesting it's been an interesting ride and i feel like it's going to get more interesting um oh. Good. I like yeah. interesting things in political terms. Exactly. We haven't had enough interest. Brexit was boring. Exactly. Nobody has been engaged in politics. Boring. There has been nothing impacting people's lives. So it's about oh, time no. um, that we had some interest. Yes. Well, so it's like when I put my trousers on. I hope my trousers go on in an interesting way. There's nothing worse than putting your trousers on in a boring way, is there? You like having an interesting uh, arrival of one's trousers around one's sensitive areas. What a pair of trousers! <laughs> Shut up. Now, talking of the ass falling out of things, mm. as we sort of were, mm. um, the ass has fallen out of uh, the British countryside, and the ass has also fallen out of the patience of some of the usually quite polite and patient environmental groups who look after the British countryside. Mm. Um, this has been a thing that I don't know, you you may not have noticed this actually when you were away, but it was definitely a thing in environment land over here where one weekend all of groups like the RSPB and the Wildlife Trusts and all of that, National Trust, all of that lot, who are usually, you know, they're not the people who are going to cause trouble, are they, usually? No. No. They got extremely cross and they have said that Liz Truss and her government are conducting an attack on nature. Ooh. That is what they're calling it. They have launched a big campaign to try and stop this attack on nature and they're urging all of their members and collectively they have a lot of members. Uh, more than the Conservative Party, I would want. Considerably more than the Conservative Party, more than any yes. party. Uh, they are urging all those members to write to Conservative MPs in particular and say, stop this here attack on nature. Uh, and they are, which is well, which exactly. Is. They are, they are saying that a number of things are irking them, and the things that are irking them include deleting five hundred and seventy laws that are, as they call it, the bedrock of environmental regulations in the UK. Laws Wait. that um, govern things like poo in rivers, uh, poo in the air, poo in the water that comes out of our tap. Uh, protecting habitats so that animals can live there and stuff. Um, but these are these are all the things that people have just been really upset about. 
like we did a whole episode about sewage yes. in the sea. Yes. So it's not like this is a thing that people aren't paying attention to. No. So the government has what? Got the bit of law that says go and try and not put shit in the sea and they've opened it up and they found a bit that says go and try not to and just deleted it. So now it says put shit in the sea. Pretty much, yeah. Now, uh, the additional bit of context which might be useful here is that these are all derived from EU directives yep. and are therefore yep. bad. In List yep. Trust world, that makes them bad. They've been deleted. I think the government have not ruled out potentially rewriting a kind of union jackified version, but let's be honest, like f- are they going to? And I think the uh, the RSPB and co have very much realised that that is the case. So they're cross about that. They're cross about this, as already mentioned, the ending of the ban on fracking. Uh, that Jacob Rees-Mogg is now in charge of fracking and no, is very let, keen on it. Let us talk uh, about. Let us talk about this. Let us not gloss over that. Okay. Um, what this done? is definitely the first time you've ever asked me not to gloss over fracking. Usually, you ask me to gloss over fracking. I've been trying to talk about fracking since episode two. But it does seem like quite which a is sig- called frack, frack, frack. Yes, I know, I know, I know. Right now, look, right, fracking. Go back and seven listen. years ago. That was eight More years than ago, s- nearly. Almost. Nearly eight. Jeez. Fracking thing that basically was defeated in the UK because not. Not because of environmental campaigners, really. I mean, they were sort of, you know, campaigning about it, but for two very, very good reasons, that you couldn't really do it because it was, like, geologically too hard to do and no bugger wanted it because people live on top of where the geologically difficult to get out gas is. And whenever they tried to ask people, do you want it? People said, no, sod off. And then there was all of these Tory MPs said, don't want it. It's going to cost me my job if I try and push this through. Don't want it. So like under Boris went away, right? Yes. I think of those reasons, number two was far more significant. Like the frackers would argue that to some extent you can do it. No, uh, but uh, they no, but they haven't, but, have they? Because your man from Quadrilla has said exactly the opposite. So the, the boss well, of- he has now. He has now. Yeah. But at the at the time, I don't think it doesn't work was a reason. It was it, it was it was expensive and trickier than they thought, and the geology was not yes. the same as America, and so harder, and so investors weren't so sure about it. But the main main reason was that people who lived around anywhere where there was fracking were like, sod that, we don't want that. And those people were in uh, Tory areas a lot of the time. Do you remember? Mm. Do you remember? This is very, very old school. But do you remember when they first tried it? They did it during the summer in like the southeast, within easy reach of London. So all of the <laughs> <laughs> all of the protesters well, were like, "Where's a good place to start? Uh, we'll, we'll go, go down Windsor. there. Yeah. <laughs> we'll go down there. That's easy. That'd be a nice day out. Everyone and got themselves arrested. Uh, couldn't happen. That was at Bolcom." Um, and then they were, and then like, there was that guy, that Tory minister, Lord Howell, I think his name was, like George, George Osborne's Osborne's father-in-law, father-in-law yeah. said, like we should, we shouldn't be trying to do it in the southeast. We should be trying to do it, do it in the desolate north. Oh, do you yeah. remember that? That's and you're talking about going north back a bit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Actually, said these things out loud. So that's what they did. They they thought, oh well, look, all of these hippies from London that get bothered about this sort of stuff, they're not going to travel up to Preston, New Road, or whatever. Uh, so we'll do it up there. And unfortunately, they hadn't realised that people who lived up there didn't want it either. And so it all kicked off and it didn't happen. And I think the point you were about to make before I hijacked it was that basically that hasn't changed, right? It's it's not exactly going to be welcomed. 
So the government has said Liz Truss and Jacob Rees-Mogg and that lot. Uh, Liz Truss has said she wants fracking if local people want it, right? Which uh, has two massive presuppositions in it, which is A, that they want it, and B, that you can do it, right? And the fact that you can't really do it and people don't want it seems to have been lost on her. As And she went on, um, you, you must have heard this. The local MPs don't want it, all Conservative. In the past, the county council have said... They didn't want it, yet your government overturned it. The science hasn't changed. Why can't you tell us this morning there won't be a return to fracking in Lancashire? Well, I don't, I don't accept the premise of your question. Uh, Why? It's certainly the case at present. Uh, well, because what I've said is if there is local consent, we will go ahead. We need to explore where there is local... Like, she doesn't know anything about it. She doesn't know anything about this. She really doesn't. Like, she really doesn't. I actually listened. The BBC, to their credit, put a special podcasty thing up where they played back-to-back every single one of those regional yeah, interviews. And me and Mrs. Ole sat in the kitchen listening to it. Eating crisps. Yeah, and at first it was a bit like that. It was like, ha, ah, this is going to be hilarious, ha, 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 you know, in that slightly sort of idiotic way that nerds like us do. But halfway through, it was like, this is really difficult to listen to. This is so, so awful. Yeah. I'm not sure I'm going to get to the end. In fact, I don't think Mrs. Old did get to the end. I like struggle through. But yeah, evidently she hasn't got the first clue. I mean, imagine going on there onto Radio Lancashire and not having someone brief you about Preston New Road. And she was just like, uh, no, I don't know where that is. I haven't been there, but yeah, sure, it's nice. So it's all vibes. I mean, like all of it, the big, the big what's going on here in general is a whole load of evidence-free uh, nonsense that is pure ideological, is pure from a kind of playbook of like, this is some stuff that we in our heads have decided we're going to do because, and I suspect you might ask me about this, given some stuff you put in the prep doc, because I don't think they've that the, the, there is any other idea out there. This is it. This is the dying, the tiniest dying embers of of free market thought on how to run the economy in a way that actually works, given everything going on. So they've basically gone like, oh, well, here's a load of stuff that free market people think. Here's a load of stuff that all of these horrible think tanks in Tufton Street in London, they're all funded by the oil industry. Here's a load of stuff they tell us. Go back and listen to episode 109 of Sustainable when we talked about neoliberalism and all of the stuff wrapped up in that. It's just that. It doesn't matter whether or not you can do any of it. And they thought they would come out. All this stuff about them tanking the economy, and maybe you can explain to our transcontinental listeners what happened there. But they basically came out and said some stuff, thinking it would just sound great because it was like growth is good. And the entire global market went, you what? You're an idiot. And that's the same with fracking, isn't it? I, I agree with you. I also think friend of the babble, Morgan Phillips, go back and listen to um, when Morgan Phillips was on the babble, whichever episode that was. 240, I think. Good Adaptation one. was yeah. the episode. 224. Uh, we were talking about this and he said he thinks, he agrees with me that it's red meat for their supporters. Like There is a, there is a bunch of the people that elected Liz Truss to the Tory leadership who really like the idea of fracking. And so it's kind of throwing meat to them. There's a whole bunch of the right-wing papers who have always been behind it, whatever. 
But he thinks in addition to that, it might also be a bit of a ruse to distract the environment movement because we're all going to get fired up again. We're going to get mobilised. We're going to go up there. And I'm not sure they're as clever as that. No, they're not as clever but as that. But I think it, I can see how that might be a nice, what, so helpful we w- sort of byproduct. Like what, so, if- so, so we would all go like, oh, uh, hang on a minute, they're going to go and frack the North. And we'd all get in our one big, very large bus, the entire environmental <laughs> movement, and we'd go up to the North. And meanwhile, they come down and put the contents of Liz Truss's toilet into the Thames. Is that Well, I think it? they're doing that anyway. Right. Um, I th- Well, I think Morgan's point was, I'm not sure he intended for this to be you know, discussed on a podcast, but I'm sure he wouldn't mind. Uh, his point was that, like, there are some pretty seismic, uh, seismic um, fights that need to be done with regards to, like, the North Sea, for instance. So that there, Jacob Rees-Mogg, was recorded in secret by one of the um, uh, civil servants in his department saying, uh, well, saying this. And if we want, therefore, to be both prosperous and green, we need to use our own resources. And that's why I've said we must get every square inch, cubic inch, get the measurements right, cubic inch of gas out of the North Sea, because actually it's better for our economy and it's greener. And this will be a challenge for us to get across to the country about what we're doing, because people on one side will say... I don't think it's that they're doing that to distract us. I just think they want to do all of it. I think that's probably right. I think that's probably right. I agree with you there. Wait, there's a thing in you put in the prep doc here that I wish to haul you up on, because you have displayed alarming naivety. Now, you put a thing in the prep doc where you said, even the boss of Shell has called for taxes on oil companies to make up for what Liz Truss has done to the economy. You put that in there. Explain yourself. Explain why you have fallen for that. Uh, what? Uh, I was just surprised to hear the boss of Shell calling for Shell to be taxed more. But have I been stupid? Yes, of course, because oil companies only ever, ever, ever... Oil companies always call for tax. They've been calling for a carbon tax for years and years and years and years and years. Number one playbook. Call for the thing that you know will never happen at a level that will actually hurt you. So they, the oil companies yes. only ever call yeah, for taxes yeah, yeah. when they that's know they damn support, fine like, that yeah. the government that's in charge is not going to bring the tax in. So they can say, well, hey, look, we tried. They didn't want to, they didn't want to do it. So you wouldn't have said that if, like, Caroline Lucas was in charge, would he? I feel a bit silly now. Mm. Oh, look at your peachy skin. But it won't stay that way because it's getting dark and you're going to become a vampire. That's why you need to start looking after your skin and you need UpCircle. Yes, we are back again to talk about UpCircle Beauty. Oh, they are an award-winning, sustainable and refillable skincare brand whose brightening serums and moisturising creams are perfect for winter skin, even yours. Oh, they tick all the boxes. They are organic, 100% recyclable and they are circular. What means they use byproducts of ingredients from other industries in their skincare range. For example, fruit from the juicing industry or maple bark from the lumber industry. Oh, and since we last spoke, they've got 20,000 five-star reviews. There are over 40 countries. These guys are here and they're going to stay. If you still haven't tried them, you can use the code BABBLECIRCLE for 15% off at upcirclebeauty.com. This 
is what happens when we go away. I start yeah, just reading it. the news and believing it. Soften the earth. That's because you're part of the anti-growth coalition. That's why. God, it's depressing. Now, look, talking of uh, talking of growth. Well, in fact, it's a very good point because in response to the RSPB getting cross on Twitter about all of this, I did notice that the government, uh, I think it was Defra, the environment lot, uh, replied on Twitter. Uh, so, and their response was, you know, so RSPB had set out quite a lot of detail as to why they were cross and specifically what they were cross about. That's and random. point one of uh, the government's response was, we have a plan for growth. No and, way. I mean, A, that's not relevant to what anyone was complaining about here. B... You don't. No, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's what the whole last two weeks have been about. That's why, like, the Bank of England... Now, I don't pretend... I'm going to say some words that make it sound like I understand stuff. I don't understand this stuff. Oh, OK. But I'm going to say some words, OK? The Bank of England... I'm going to spent... hang on. Wait a minute, wait a minute. When I play this recorder... Yes. You need to explain a term you Why have you got a recorder just to hand? Just in case. Right, when I play this recorder, you have to explain a term you just used. Off you go. Okay. The Bank of England, <laughs> which is the central bank of England. Great. Um, well, actually, of, of Britain. But of, of the United yeah. Kingdom, actually, yeah. I think. Um, got so spooked and scared by what was happening in response to Liz Truss's uh, announced tax cuts. No recorder just yet? Okay. Uh, Your lips are hovering, quivering over the mouthpiece of the recorder in an extremely... Don't you'll get the listeners going. No, I won't, I won't. Um, uh, They were so spooked by this announcement and how the markets... No, I don't know. I'm not going to explain the markets. People who speculate on the value of things. That's right. Equally unelected, very rich people who make fat piles of cash out of everyone else's misery. Mm. Mm. Yes. So they were spooked about what they thought um, was going to happen. And so much so that pensions, money you get for being old. Kind of. Yes. All right. That's not really what we're talking about in the context of a global economic system, but all right. Okay. Well, big pots of money called pensions um, were apparently just sort of disappearing, particularly the the really big pots to to give people lots, but but the sort of baby boomer pensions, the final salary ones they're called, where like... Yes, those poor lambs. You, the ones where you get your your pension is related to what you were earning at the end of your career, and that's like a really really good one. So that they were those those pots were just sort of disappearing at some terrifying rate. So the Bank of England were like, we've got to step in and spend sixty five billion pounds. That's six five zero 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 zero. You've got it. Pounds. Amazing. <laughs> Buying up something. Bonds, I think. Yeah, government bonds. Government debt, basically. Based, basically, he's like lending the government money for one of a better way of looking at it. And and people on the inside of all of that have since said, yeah, it literally, if they hadn't done that, it would have been like 2008, but kind of worse. This sucks more than anything that has ever sucked before. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yes. Now, look, the Babel is not... Let's be clear about something here. The Babel has had enough people on it, like friend of the Babel, Kate Raworth and Tim Jackson and loads of other people, who think that the entire construct of economic growth is problematic. Probably the single reason that we're going to hell in a handcart fastest of all is the pursuit of it. And broadly, Dave is in that camp, right? So I don't want to be like all kind of, oh dear, how bad that the economy is, oh, there's not enough growth happening and there's not the right sort of growth or anything. Like, you know, perspective and all that. At the same time, I'd rather things didn't go to shit that quick is basically the way I want to look at it. Like we need to get yeah. from where we are now to a different way of being without really knackering everything overnight because that's just not cool, is it? It's not cool. And I th that's an interesting thing to reflect on a bit, actually, because obviously lots of people are very, very, you know, excited in a strange way by the prospect of Liz Truss screwing up. So when, like, the pound drops in value to some historically low level, all of those people who, frankly, have not ever given any sort of a shit about what level the pound is before... I don't because, yeah. you know, it doesn't affect them, but also... Like you were saying, it's not really the things that we're interested in. We're interested in life on Earth. We're interested in, like, you know, some sort of sense of fairness and equality and, you know, a habitable planet. So the value of the pound, not that interesting. But when it goes south, it's like, oh, that's a good way to kick Liz Truss. Uh, oh, look at the pound being all bad. And no one really understands why that's bad. And now it's kind of bounced up again. So I don't know. I just... I think there are loads of really, really good reasons to have a go at this lot. But I think like pretending that you suddenly care about the kind of <laughs> capitalist game because it's not going well by her own terms is a bit like, I don't know, I think it's a bit of hostage to fortune. Okay, let's not talk anymore about growthy things um, because you've been to the doctor and he's told you what needs to happen with your bottom and that's all fine. Um, we will talk a little bit about farming because that is another thing which just needs touching on because that's a thing that people yeah. have got very, very cross about. Now, look, look. the Babel's position on Brexit we don't like is it. it's a pile of shit. Yeah. That's, that's our view on Brexit. Yeah. However... Mm. Lots of clever people, who some of whom have been on this podcast and know lots about farming and agriculture and stuff, say, hang on, the one good thing that actually looked like it might emerge out of Brexit was this idea of ripping up these silly rules that said you got paid for having land and if you got more land, you got more money regardless of what you did with it. Ripping that up, that was something called the common agricultural policy. And there was going to be something different in place of it that was going to be in British law, which was actually going to incentivise doing much better things for wildlife, the natural environment and food production with that land. But like paying for good things, paying for public goods was the phrase that was in there. Um, and there were people working really, really hard on that. Farmers working really, really hard on that. Bits of the government, to be fair, also working hard on that. And it did look like it was the one sort of bright uh, rave hope that was going to come out of Brexit. Anyway, Liz Truss has killed that. So, <laughs> yeah. She's only been in charge for a week. How has she managed to kill that? I know, I know. It's, so this is a thing called the Environmental Land Management Scheme. Oh, hang on a minute. Oh, I'm playing the Elms music. Oh, Elms, that's right. And, This yeah. was a good thing. This was a good thing. And the, 
the way, at least it's been reported in The Guardian, the way that people found out that it was being scrapped is that weekly meetings between like farmers and um, specialist campaigners and stuff and the government just materius- uh, mysteriously disappeared from their calendars, their outlook calendars. And it's like, why have these meetings gone then? Can like, you imagine? <laughs> it's like, what meetings? The meetings we've been having on this really important thing? No, Can no meetings. Can you imagine, for a second, imagine you'd work really hard at something for a long time, right? Oh, I really can't imagine Okay, that. the babble, right? The babble. Imagine okay, the babble. Yeah. You had spent nearly eight years doing a podcast, right? And imagine someone just came along and deleted it. Just like that. And they didn't even tell you they'd done it. They're just like, sorry, that's gone. Just imagine what that would that. Like, I think feel like. I think actually it's like, imagine you spent eight years preparing to do your podcast. Right. Like imagine that we were ready to launch like next week. We'd done eight years of pilot episodes. Yes. We sort of have, to be fair. <laughs> which, which we're gonna, we, we've nearly, like. nearly nailed this. <laughs> <laughs> we're at the point where we think we might have a viable product. <laughs> And then someone's like, oh, no, sorry, no. Pete says, no. Well, that, that must be some other Danielle Lloyd. Pete says, no. Poor bastards. Poor, but particularly if, particularly if you don't like the arseholes you're working for in the first place, you're in the civil service, you get there, Michael Gove becomes your boss, and he goes, right, we're going to do this thing. And you're like, oh, what, for God's sake, what? And then you do it, and you spend ages, it's not even your idea, and your boss tells you to do it, and you work hard, and he says you haven't done that thing yet, so you give up your weekends, and you don't see your family. You work harder, and you do it, and you submit a draft, and it's not good enough, and it gets savage, and MPs debate it, and laws debate it, and people call it all sorts of names and Jeremy Clarkson says it's full of shit and then you do it and you work some more weekends and you finally produce this thing and it's just about to happen and then someone who hasn't even been elected turns up and just deletes it and doesn't even tell you they've deleted it yeah it's not good enough all it's not good enough Dave I mean, for for international listeners, I suppose it's worth adding the context that, like, the opposition party here, Labour, has now got historically high leads in the polls. Polls are often misleading, and they don't. Yes, they're not normally thirty three percent out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like astonishing the gap. So yeah, just never happens. It never happens. It never happens. Parties never have that kind of. Lead. No, it's ridiculous. No. Yeah, and. And this is not because, you know, we've got some extraordinarily charismatic firebrand leader with an incredibly visible household name team of shadow cabinet people coming up with incredible policies day after day after day. What, in Labour? Um, yes. Who is that it, bloke? What's his it's name? It's mainly because they're not Liz Truss. Yes. And the, they're currently employing the evidently quite successful strategy of not being Liz Truss. Um, and it seems to be working extremely well for them. So it's going pretty well point... for me, to be fair, as well. I mean, I'm quite enjoying not being Liz Truss. <laughs> You've never been more popular, <laughs> simply on the grounds that you're not Liz Truss. Uh, that's what I said in my appraisal the other day. I was like, yes, here are all the things I haven't done that I was supposed to do and indeed said I would do. But on the other hand, I'm not Liz Truss, and I came out with it the massive pay rise. Now, look, what was I going to say? Yes, point is, does do you think that Liz Truss and the Tories 
realise that their time is up, that yes. like there's no coming back from this. Yes. So they're thinking, right, we have got, what is it, 18 months until the election has to happen. So we're just going to do all the things that we want to do yes. so that we get them done yes. before we get booted out. Do you think that's what's going on? I think, I genuinely think that this idea of how to run a country, maybe even a world, this idea of neoliberalism, this idea of let the free markets rip, I genuinely think that idea is dead. I think it is done. It is not up to the reality of the world. And I think that anyone who is involved in promulgating it, if they've got any sense at all, knows it. That's what I reckon. And I think one of the reasons that the that she got in in the first place was because at least she sounded like she was interesting. <laughs> like, but that's it. Like, I honestly, I, I just think it's done. I think like this idea, it sounds so ridiculous now. That's the, th- the thing that's most sort of appalling, but also amusing about Liz Truss is that all of this stuff sounds so ridiculous in a world with a climate crisis, with like a war in Europe. It sounds so ridiculous. It just sounds empty. Like it, it's demonstrably not the answer. And you can't well, duck in a world in a world where I I think probably hundreds of thousands of people are going to have their homes repossessed right. just in this country, like right. just in this country. How, how is that not going to happen if all of these mortgages become completely unaffordable? Like, so you can go and stand in your conference centre and say vacuous things about cutting taxes means more growth. Believe me, but when hundreds of thousands of people are losing their homes and everyone's going to the beach and not going in the river yeah. and not going in the sea because it's full of poo. Like it doesn't, it doesn't really mean anything. Does it? And that's all the sort of fairly sort of short term, immediate politically salient bit of it. But like more systemically than that, like things like climate change and like populism and these, like the, the fact that Britain is just kind of economically f- screwed, like, you know, wages not going up for not just for a little bit but for like years and 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 the fact that all you know so much of our investment leaves the country like the the way that the whole thing works it just isn't working demonstrably isn't working and i don't want to sound like a radical lefty because i don't think i am anymore i just think like where is the where is the where is the good idea where is on on the right of politics where's the good idea Where's where's the where's the repackaging of that for the crises that we're actually facing that deal with the fact that people are really pissed off about the state of things? There isn't one. I honestly think they're just like, well, we may as well have this woman because she's saying something. In December, I'll be in Beijing, opening up new pork markets. <laughs> Now, look, we have been banging on and we're not going to do too much more banging on. But we should just acknowledge some of the other stuff that has gone to shit since we've been away. Now, sorry, one. Sorry, (laughs) we are sorry. One thing I don't think we've really covered, even though this definitely started before we went away, was the sort of biblical floods in Pakistan. Uh, That's atrociously bad. Um, yep. uh, caused by climate change. Very clearly, you've had epic heat waves. It's been melting the glaciers. It's been making monsoons bigger, uh, and extraordinary 
extraordinary flooding, uh, the worst there for a very long time, the worst globally for a good five years or so. Anyway, very bad. Lots of people uh, in extreme suffering. Very, very bad. That's happening. Uh, what is also happening is um, the Amazon rainforest is being sort of torched, I think is the word for it. So look, there, there, there was the anticipation that Bolsonaro was going to get kicked out fairly comprehensively in the Brazilian election. So all of the miners and ranchers and uh, loggers, all of whom are doing stuff illegally, were like, oh God, we better get this mining and logging and ranching done uh, before that other guy comes and tells us we can't do it. So there's been an absolute glut of deforestation in the Amazon, like the fastest rate ever, pretty much. And then to cap it all, Bolsonaro hasn't been comprehensively booted out. He still might be, but the, At an- the, time of recording, the, uh, yeah. the anticipation was that he would lose very heavily in the first round of voting and that so much so that there wouldn't need to be a second round. That hasn't happened. So it Because polling companies have got shit for brains. Yes. Because people are never honest about them wanting to vote for fascists. Yes. Correct, Dave. Uh now look, he did get five million fewer votes than Lula, the socialist uh opponent. But I mean, I just think bad things tend to happen. So this is probably going to go badly. Um so there's that. Uh, now, other other things that we haven't really talked about and we're not going to go into, uh, but in a very wood-related way, um, Drax, which is a thing we haven't really ever talked about, which is strange because it's quite a big environmental issue in the UK. Um, very potted history. Used to be a big coal-powered fire station. No, coal-fired power station in the UK got converted to burning wood and get lots of subsidy from the government on account of burning wood is good. Um, except it isn't burning wood if it's trees, what you're cutting down from precious rainforests, uh, from precious forests. Um, and that is what they have been exposed doing. And frankly, what lots of people have been saying they've been doing for a very long time. Yeah, we need to talk about that properly, and we, and we haven't. And, and glossing over it in 30 seconds is, is not good so we should come back to that we're also going to do some other sort of tree related stuff in the next few weeks as well so we? stay tuned for that yes we are we're going to be talking about rainforests and all sorts of other exciting stuff oh, yeah. and then the other thing of course is big old mahusive you know solidarity to American listeners this was happening just as I was departing America so it ain't my fault but Hurricane Ian um, what's it 32 people at least dead as a result of uh, at least that? 32 dead um, last time I saw 10,000 unaccounted for uh, yeah, I tell you a thing. So sorry, I don't want to sort of diminish that, but I tell you a thing. Like this is why it matters for me, which is the important. Yes, thing, back to is you. That, um, I was there was another hurricane while I was there. What was Hurricane Fiona? And I think they now must have run out of the terrifying names, and they're now into the non-terrifying names for hurricanes. Um, and Hurricane Fiona made landfall really quite close to where we were. We were in Maine, and it was it made landfall in a bit of Maine. And I have never before looked at a weather forecast on a telly and seen a hurricane, that hurricane <laughs> symbol, like with an arrow pointing to exactly where pointing I am. And it, it does it does give one food for thought, mm. I have to say. It did get a bit blowy, but it wasn't it wasn't that bad. So look, yes, bad thing. And as you put in the prep doc, it comes to something where we're whatever this is 45, 50 minutes in, and we've just mentioned like that. Let's move now to Florida, where the death toll from Hurricane Ian has made it the deadliest storm to hit that state in nearly nine decades. Meantime, thousands of survivors are still without power or the supplies they need to start.
like having Dickie Moore in the room with us. I could hear Mrs. Dave laugh. <laughs> anyway. We should do that again. Um, Christmas it's isn't far away. Yeah. With a, yeah, we shall the have traditional this year's musical rendition. Musician. Okay, coming up. Right, we're done, aren't we? Oh, yes, very much so. When it comes to Dave getting out the gloom tube, I think we're done. Right, that is just about it for another episode of Babble. Thank you very, very much, Dave, for returning from your holiday uh, to Babble. Thank you to Dickie Moore for the music that begins, ends, and it twinkles this podcast. Thank you to Arthur Stovall for the logo that is all over our stuff, including T-shirts, what you can buy from my website, which is www.sustainababble.fish. You can get in touch with us and tell us what you thought of the show. You can find us on the Facebook if you just search for Sustainababble. We're on the Twitter at The Babble Wagon. And you can email us hello at sustainababble.fish. If you like what you heard, please do consider chipping in to the running costs of this monthly organ. No, weekly organ. Uh, by <laughs> sending a monthly donation at wobblywobblywobbly.patreon.com slash sustainababble. A couple of quid will do it'll make a massive difference thank you so much and if you can't or won't do that please at the very least pop onto your podcast medium of choice and give us a little review uh we're going to five star review and write something about how fab we are that would be lovely super i think that's everything uh i will see you next week dave are you going to regale us with a joke at the end of this we have to wait and see won't you all please listener feel free not to wait and see bye bye Hey, oh. oh, this is disappointing. Hey, oh. Hey, oh. Yeah. Hey, oh, yeah. oh, 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 yeah. oh, Yes, yes, yes. Hello. Are you there? Oh. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. Oh. Hi. Yes. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi. Yeah. Hey, oh. Uh, two television aerials got married. Strikes me as unlikely, but okay. Yeah. The, uh, the wedding was fairly boring, but the reception was incredible. Quite like that.